0: What's up, what's up? Real MVPs, Ricky Whitmer here, along with the Mark Webber. Dub themies. And we are back continuing our trudge through the previews, which are our NFL previews. We have finished the North, so we're kind of going from the North. We did NFC, AFC. You guys can check those out on our podcast services and our YouTube channel. We now move to the South, Mark, and we do, if you're new to these, we start with the NFC. Then we do the AFC, so the next two weeks will be in the south before we go west, and then we go east. Before we get into everything, though, first off, the onside kick, if you haven't discovered by now, professional football podcast here on Most valable Podcast. And how you support us is patreon.com backslash most Podcast. We've got three tiers, the bronze, silver, and gold for you guys to check us out on at that bronze tier, the lowest $1.00. You get to join our Discord server. You get the MVP podcast a month early before everyone else, and it's kind of that base tier and then the gold tier are highest. You get to come on a podcast and talk about what you would like to talk about. Check that down below in the link in the description. But, Mark, it's pretty much business as usual here. I said NFC South. How we do it, we start with the worst. We go up to first, so that means we'll go Buccaneers, then the Panthers, then the Falcons, and then we'll end the podcast out with the New Orleans Saints. And just like we've done the other teams so far, the Buccaneers last year coming in third overall in offensive yards per game, just over 415. They were 12th in points per game, just over 24 points, almost to 25 points per game last year. But their defense was not good. 27th in yards per game, giving up 383 yards. And they gave up the second most points right behind the Bengals. 29 points per game. You can also check out a conversation that Mark and I had about Jameis Winston. And can Bruce Arians bring the most out of him? I'll probably have that pop up above our heads right now. But Mark, the question I want to ask you about the Buccaneers is with everything that they have. And free agency, they didn't do a lot. I mean, they signed some quarterbacks in um, Griffin. They are Griffin and Blaine Gabbard. They bring in um, Perryman from the um, Baltimore Ravens who drafted him. I want to ask you, Todd Bowles, also the new D.C., are the Bucks going to be able to do enough this year to kind of flip the script and not end up being the worst team in the NFC South in 2019.
1: I don't know. It's such a tough one when you when you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because on paper for the past like three years they have been a good team. Mm-hmm. They've been a team that should do much better than they have. And there's been two big issues when you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, and people might disagree with one of them, but. Dirk Cotter was a huge issue. Lovey mm-hmm. Smith was a big issue too.
0: Uh took a really good defense and made it worse. But Lovey also got ran out of town because hey, we got this guy we got this offensive guy that can do great things with Jameis Winston. Well and then he didn't.
1: I hate to say it, but Lovey Smith deserved to be taken out of town because like mm-hmm. I said, he took their strongest part of that mm-hmm. team, made it worse. Um And the strongest part of the team was the thing he was known for, which was defense. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Dirk Cotter couldn't get that offense. And like you said, the offensive guy, we believe in him. You know, he did great things with Atlanta. Uh, He's going to do great things here. No, no, no great things were had. Uh, And then the other part, of course, and this is something people might disagree with, is Jameis Winston. Mm -hmm. Um, That Jameis Winston has never, even though he can put up some stats, he's never truly... Stepped up to be that kind of, um, I hate using the word elite here, but being that kind of elite leader that the team needs, Mm -hmm. I still go back to Hard Knocks. This is a crazy thing that this was a conversation had on Hard Knocks, where Cotter says to to Jameis, he says, I need you to not fuck it up, basically is what he said. I need you to not be the reason we lose.
0: Mm -hmm. Basically, don't throw interceptions.
1: And what happens is Jameis Winston
0: more often than he needed to be Mm -hmm. was a reason why they didn't win games well and I mean another big problem and this kind of stemmed from Jameis Winston because he was suspended at the beginning of the year but last year I felt like this team had a little bit of an identity crisis at the quarterback position because for four games Jameis wasn't there Ryan Fitzpatrick came out And played very well. Like, he played well in those games. Did they win every single game? No. But he played well enough to when Jameis came back, there was a conversation. And to me— Well, it was more than a conversation. Jameis lost his job. Well, yeah. But, I mean, even, like, after that, it was, okay, Mm -hmm. Jameis got the job back. Then they went back to Fitzpatrick. And from there on out, it's like, okay, we don't know who to start. Yeah. I know there's a pocket of fans in Tampa, in Florida— that Jameis is our guy, we're sticking by him, and I expect you to be like that. It's your team, you're going to back um, your, your horse in the race, you're going to back Jameis, because he's your quarterback. But I just I feel like if Jameis was so good, and he's our guy, why didn't the coaching staff have enough confidence to when he came back, say, Hey, Ryan, I know you played well, but Jameis is our guy. Because the confidence wasn't there, because you look at their stats... Technically, last year, Ryan Fitzpatrick, yeah, they were in the same ballpark, but technically had a better completion percentage than Jameis. He also averaged more yards per game because he was able to take the ball down deep, especially with Deshaun Jackson last year. And when you look at their touchdowns, yeah, Jameis had more of them, but he also had two more interceptions and about, what, 13 more sacks than um, Fitzpatrick had last year. So, I mean... The microscope offensively for me is going to be Jameis Winston only because, like, I mentioned that weapon in Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, he's not here no more. Like, your wide receivers and your tight ends are basically you got O.J. Howard coming off of an injury again. You've got uh, Paraman coming in, one of their free agent signings. But besides that, you got Godwin who played pretty good. You got Mike Evans, who's their guy in the receiving core. Other than that, like, This is not a stacked receiving core or a stacked tight end core. You pretty much got three, maybe four, if Perriman can do anything this year receiving.
1: Yeah, it's it's really interesting to me, too, because you look at this team and and you've got Bruce Arians now as your Mm -hmm. head coach. And Bruce Arians is a great head coach. Um, He's a guy who's going to bring a certain level of toughness to the team. He's a guy who's going to, I think, do a great job with Todd Bowles, who's a great defensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. Not a good head coach, but he was a great defensive coordinator. They're going to make this defense come back to what it was before Lovey Smith got there and kind of messed things up. Um, they're going to make this defense really strong. But I look at this night, and yes, Bruce Arian said, I can work with Jameis Winston mm-hmm. and Brian, uh, Byron Luff, which is going to have quite the job getting the most out of the quarterback. Um, but I look at that and I say, but Jameis has done, he's done well. He's just never taken that next step forward. Are they really going to get that out of him? And and I look at the rest of this team too with Bruce Arians and an interesting quote earlier this week where Bruce Arians says, you know, that they don't need a, a David Johnson, they don't need a Todd Gurley, you know, they're fine with who they have, mm-hmm. which is an interesting thing because they're basically saying, yeah, I don't have a great, I don't have any, I don't have a single great running back. But I think I got enough to where I mean, I'll make it work. I
0: don't think like Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones aren't the worst. And plus, the thing I would think of is mm. you. The, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers drafted Ronald Jones. Give him a little bit more time because he still is well, a very young wasn't running Bruce back. Bruce Arians. Yeah, but I mean he's guy. a young running back, to yeah. where you don't have to but rush in and get a veteran. That's not what my point is. My yeah.
1: point is Bruce Arians himself says mm. I don't have an all-star running back. Yeah, I got a bunch of guys who are pretty good. But I think that's okay. Mm -hmm. And and I think that alone tells me that Bruce Arians are looking at this team. And still, despite what he said of I can work with Jameis, personally I feel like it's because Jameis only has really a year left. Mm -hmm. To me it's really just a, I don't have my pieces right now, but I'm going to get what I can out of these guys and I'm going to start to hopefully get this team going the way I want it to go in the future.
0: Well, and I kind of see that, too, off of the defense as well. Because, like, you look at it, JPP coming over. They traded for him. I want to say it was in March of um, 2018. They bring him over, and he's on the team. You got and Sue, who's the free agent signing this year, one of the big ones that happened very late, um, was on the Rams team that was in the Super Bowl last year. They bring in Vita Vea. They've got Carl Nassib, who was... Um, waived by Cleveland, who now the Bucks are going to bring in to say, hey, we're going to try to start you maybe on the left side of our line opposite of JPP. And then in the draft, they go with a guy like Devin White, who could potentially be the kind of leader of this team in that middle linebacking position to where I feel like the the two things I'm going to be watching from the Bucks this year— is one Jameis Winston because I'm more of an offensive guy, and plus in a contract year, I want to see what he does with a new head coach because you're right, he's not Jame, he's not Bruce Arians' guy. Um, so if he doesn't perform this year, I wouldn't be shocked if Bruce Arians was like, Well, Jameis, it was a good year, but we're gonna let you go. I already talked to management, we're gonna let you go. Um, where this defense is the second thing I want to look to because last year and I read off the rankings beforehand, the offense wasn't terrible. The defense was. Like, when you're giving up the second most points in the league, ask the Bengals. You're not going to win many games because the Bengals didn't either. I know the Bengals were separate because they had decimated with injuries. We talked about them last week. When you're giving up the second most points and you're giving up more points on average than your offense scores— you're probably going to lose the game. That's just basic math.
1: A thing I want to throw out there though, with JPP, is he's not going to play next year. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to double check in case it's been an update, but he has a fractured neck okay. f- from that car accident, so he's probably Good not going to play. Um, so that's certainly not going to help the Tampa Bay Bucks. So
0: then it'll probably be uh, Golston. That'll mm-hmm. it'll be Golston and maybe NASA that could be I, starting on yeah. that defensive line. I think
1: this team. Is starting to build the right pieces. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is a team that needs to blow everything up. This isn't, you know, the football giants, the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> you know, it's not anything like that where they need to blow this team up. But I do think that this is a team that, in three years, when they're good, they're not going to look anything like they do right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do truly believe that Bruce Arians will make this into a good team. You know, especially having Todd Bowles as defense coordinator, I love that. That is, this is a team that is going to be a dominant defense in, like I said, like two, three years. They're going to be really good defensively. The question's going to be, what's this offense going to look like? Mm-hmm. Are they going to get the running back situation? Because Bruce Arians, I mean, you know, think about the, uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Yes, they had a strong-armed Carson Palmer. Yes, they had Larry Fitzgerald as well. But a good thing about the Tampa Bay, uh, the Arizona Cardinals with Bruce Arians was they could pound the ball. Mm-hmm. And this was a very kind of balanced uh, offense that you want to get out of Tampa Bay. Right now, I don't think you have that. The The running game, I think, is going to need to do some work. They're going to need to get something, uh, which I wouldn't be surprised if they try and trade for a running back later. Jameis Winston's going to be an interesting one, but he's got Blaine Gabbert as a backup who— Blaine Gabbert, I'm not going to try and even pretend is an answer Mm -hmm. at quarterback. But he has shown moments when he's had his chance to come in that he can at least be competent. Not even saying he's going to compete with Jameis Winston. I think Jameis has the job uh, locked up right now. But if Jameis continues his downward trend. Or if he gets hurt. Then Blaine Gabbert's coming in. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a team to me right now where I'm not sure how that's going to go. Mike Evans, um, I think Mike Evans is on the last year of his contract, isn't he? Uh, If that is the case, I don't know that he's going to be here
0: Here, for that much longer. Um, A little spot rack for you. Mike Evans is. No, he signed an extension. Oh, he did sign an extension. He signed an extension where he'll be a free agent in 2024 when he's 31.
1: Okay, so he's going to be there. You got him locked up, which is good. Yeah. which is great because, I mean, that can be kind of a literary Fitzgerald type of thing. Mm-hmm. But I really think that quarterback-wise, I don't think that Jameis Winston is done in the NFL. I think mm-hmm. he'll move on to another team and he's going to have his chance to to do it again. I just don't necessarily know that he has much more leash left in Tampa Bay.
0: Well, And one question I'll ask about Jameis is, what do you think mm-hmm. Byron Lefwich's role is going to be on this team? Because... I kind of have a feeling like with Byron Leftwich hasn't had a long lineage as a coach. Quarterback, very well known um, in the NFL. But as a coach, he was a quarterback coach for the Cardinals for two years. OC for the Cardinals last year. Now he's with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the thing that I'm kind of feeling, and I mean, on the good side, I'm kind of hoping this for Jameis Winston in a sense of maybe Leftwich can be that kind of player-coach, per se, on the sideline, where Arians is more of that relationship where it's like coach and player, where Byron Leftwich is kind of like that mentor— not mentor, because, I mean, Winston's not like just coming out of the league, but he's that older veteran that Winston doesn't have to worry about taking his job because he's a coach, not a player. Um, What kind of a— do you think Byron Leftwich is going to mean anything to Jason, or, uh, Jameis Winston this year, or is it just going to be something where it's mainly Winston and Arians moving forward?
1: No, I definitely think that he's going to he's going to mean something because when you look at when he was brought into Arizona, he was brought in, uh, you know, essentially to work with quarterbacks, mm-hmm. and that's what he's there for
0: because he had Carson Palmer. Was the quarterback his first two years in Arizona. Then last year, obviously, Josh Rosen.
1: And that's the thing that concerns me, and and I'm not going to blame Byron Leftwich at all with this, but Carson Palmer was already an established name. Mm -hmm. Carson Palmer was already a great quarterback. He was on
0: the way out almost.
1: Yeah. Then you have Josh Rosen, who people—we've kind of stopped trashing Josh Rosen— Uh, But for a while, right, for a while, people were just absolutely trashing Josh Rosen. Mm -hmm. And it's not really his fault that he was sacked a million times in about a second. Um, But I just sit there and I'm like, I don't think we saw any development out of that offense Mm -hmm. and out of Josh Rosen. So we're going to go ahead and say left, which. Yeah, we know that you got fired. Mm hmm. You want our job? Well, you know, where we don't have an established quarterback and we need a quarterback to, you know, get more out of him. And that's
0: why I wonder if it, when it comes to the development and him on the feet, like when it comes to everything, like throwing less interceptions, completing more passage, which I'll say 64% wasn't bad from Jameis Winston last year. It's just Fitzpatrick was completing 66%, um, so it was 2% higher. Um, I think when it's X's and O's, Maybe it's Aryans that takes that lead. Well, but when it's, it's Byron Leftwich, it's more of that mm-hmm. kind of like maybe I don't want to say I don't want to say what I was originally going to say because it sounds like he'd be a glorified babysitter, and I don't want to feel like Leftwich is that. But it's kind of like that guy that Jameis can go to that he can have that connection a to, mentor. like hey, yeah, basically. Yeah.
1: Well. He was hired essentially for offensive coordinator and the pass game coordinator. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming he ha- Jameis is his responsibility. Okay. That uh, is my assumption. And I don't know if that is maybe Bruce Arians kind of being smart and playing mm-hmm. the game of like, I do not care if we lose this guy. Mm-hmm. If Jameis is not doing well, Leftwich is gone as well. Do you
0: think Bruce is calling plays on game day or is it Leftwich that's calling plays? I don't know. I mean, pass game coordinator... That to me show says that hey, he may be calling plays. He could be, but um
1: yeah, it it I'm not gonna be surprised if it is Bruce Arians mm-hmm. though. Um he is the head coach, you want him to be responsible for Bruce it.
0: Bruce ain't gonna say, Hey everyone, you do all this and I'll kinda just sit up here and Y'all have fun,
1: I'm gonna take it easy <laughs> on the sideline. Yeah, that doesn't strike me as Bruce Arians no, kind of way.
0: Not not at all. Um, any final things you're thinking about with this team before we dive into the schedule? Um
1: not necessarily. I, I think with, like I said, I, I think that they made good draft picks and things like that. And they're mm-hmm. kind of stocked up on defense through the draft uh, and made some good free agent moves. I just don't think we're there yet mm-hmm. for Tampa Bay.
0: And when we look at the schedule, so to set this all up, because they are, the Bucks are the first team we're looking at in this division. We're going to see similar opponents. Obviously, they have um, six games against their division mates. The two divisions that every single NFC South team will face is the AFC South, so we have a South-South matchup this year, and also the NFC West, because we've got the, let's see, Rams, Seahawks, Cardinals. Do I have the last one? Yeah, I think it's, yeah, the 49ers, the West. Um, for the Bucks, the only intermittent ones that are not on anyone else's schedule are the Lions and the Giants. When you take a look at the Buck schedule, what are your thoughts?
1: When I take a look at the Buck schedule, I mean it's it's a little bit scary because their division is tough. Mm-hmm. They gotta, of course, play the Rams and the Seahawks. You know, they've they've got challenging teams out there. The Colts are gonna be difficult. You know, they, they've got a lot of challenging teams. I look at their easier games, mm-hmm. the games that in theory right now should be easier, and I look at the Lions. You know, I look at the Cardinals. I look at the uh, the Giants. I look at maybe the Forty ers depending on if Jimmy Garoppolo truly is the next best thing to slice bread. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll find out. But I look at those games and I sit there and I say, that means you really have to go out there and play upset if you want to get any better. Because mm-hmm. you're you're, and part of it's just because of your division. Your schedule's not doing you any favors, so you really need to go out there and prove it. That's what I really think of when I first look at this schedule is that they have to be a team that actually proves they can go out there and win games. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of looking at it too and out of the games cuz usually you know me I like to kind of predict how many wins they may get even if it's way too early in the off season. And I wouldn't be supp- I wouldn't be surprised if the ceiling for this team is a similar situation to what we had last year. But when I look at it, I mean, I could see them splitting with Carolina. The only thing is they get their home game taken Mm. away in that sense because that game is going to be, I believe, in London um, on October 13th. 8.30 a.m. game usually triggers um, London game for me. So you get that home game away. I still think they could possibly split against the Panthers, though. The Giants. This are, is
1: a good year for the Panthers, though. They weren't that good last year. And
0: that's the reason why I'm kind of, uh eh. were the Giants, I think they could win. The Cardinals, I think they could win. The Titans, possibly. And the 49ers are kind of like that, uh, because, yeah, it is the first game. But Jimmy Garoppolo coming back, we don't know what to expect. Because um, when they played them last year, they didn't. The big thing last year, too, that the Bucs had were, yeah, you beat the Saints and the Eagles out the gate. But that's because Ryan Fitzpatrick basically punched those those two opponents right in the face. We're like, hey, you weren't expecting this out of me. But also your Browns win last year, a three-point overtime win that, if I'm not mistaken, was a game that the Browns almost won themselves and was one of those, like, man, if the Browns would have won this, they could have been a playoff team last year. So the Buccaneers, I will say, I still feel like this team is a prime contender for top five pick in the draft next year. That's how many wins yeah. they're going to get.
1: I, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if they're right where they were last year, 5-11 mm-hmm. and 11 again, um, which is a little unfortunate and mm-hmm. disappointing for our Buccaneers fans that are watching this well, video.
0: And, I mean, it's your division is tough. Last year you only got one win in that division. Wouldn't the, be surprised if it's a, not much different. The AFC South is tough. Like I said, you can beat the Titans, but really the other three – the Jags, the Colts, and the Texans. Texans Those are
1: really good teams. The They're Texans would teams. be my
0: lowest one only because you play them week 16, and let's see how healthy they are mm-hmm. um, by that point. And then the AFC West, where it's like, hey, have fun with the Cardinals and maybe the 49ers. But well, I mean, and the Rams. Well, I mean, the Rams are a loss. Yeah. The Seahawks are at Seattle, so you ain't winning that game. Like, it's hard to win. Yeah, when you said Seattle have fun, I,
1: I thought of like, Oh, have no, fun I meant, losing.
0: I meant like have fun. You might win those two games. Yeah. Um the Rams and the Seahawks. I see them losing. Those are both um, road games as well. And then it's just like the the Lions. I'd side with the Lions because of where their yeah, team's at. That's a winnable game, but it, it's winnable. But I would side with the Lions. And then the Giants. I don't have much confidence in them this season. Any final thoughts before we move on into the Carolina Panthers?
1: It'll all be better in a few years. Okay. So for, marks for on, marks on
0: that. Jameis will be gone. Bruce Arians will bring in his guy or draft his guy. Hey, maybe this Arians is— Arians is a good coach. He'll, may, he'll make it work. You know how the Cardinals sucked for luck? Maybe this is where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers suck for the Tua. The Colts? Yeah, where the Colts yeah. sucked for luck. The Bucks maybe suck for Tua the this The Cardinals year. just sucked to suck. Um, where they just, hey, you know what? We're just going to try to get the first draft pick and get Tua, and then, sorry, Jameis— um, you're out of here. But Bucks fans, let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section about your team. What do you expect them to be? How high? How low? Same spot. Let us know what you guys are thinking. And, Mark, let's move on into the next team looking at the Carolina Panthers. If you're checking us out on YouTube, make sure to rate and review the Onside Kick on Apple Podcast. It means the world to us every five-star rating. Really helps us get into the ears of more people, helps more people check out the podcast and find it. So if you could that today, it would mean the world to us. And we just talked about the Bucs. We're moving on into the Carolina Panthers, who were number three in the NFC South last year. Going through their rankings for last year, they were 10th in offensive yards per game with just over 373 yards. They were 14th in points per game scoring about 23 and a half in each contest. Defensively, they were also kind of middle of the pack and slightly below. They were middle of the pack at 15 or so, so 15 in defensive yards per game with 353 yards and 19th in scoring defense, giving up 23.9 points per game. The big thing offensively is, or the big thing in free agency, I should say, is really nothing. I mean, yeah, they bring in, Chris Hogan um, do a one-year deal. Bruce er- Bruce Irving um, signing a one-year deal. They also re-signed Daryl Williams and signed Matt Paradis. I hope I said that name right. Paradis, the center, to a three-year deal. So to me, not much noise being made. Like, yeah, I know Bruce Irving is a big name. Chris Hogan did a lot um, in New England. But to me, the draft is where they really made some interesting moves. Brian Burns coming in with their first pick, Greg Little in the second round. They bring in Will Greer, although they have Cam Newton. The thing I'm going to ask you to kind of start this Panther preview is what should the expectations be for the Panthers in 2019? Because really, besides, to me, the rookies that they brought in, especially with those first two picks, not much is sending shockwaves through this team or through this roster. Well,
1: here's the hard thing about this whole process with the, uh, the claw up Panthers mm-hmm. is what is going to happen with Cam Newton? Cause he's hurt. He had to have surgery on his shoulder. He says it's going well. It feels good. You know, he show, it feels like he's got full motion, but he obviously hasn't been cleared to do anything really too much yet. And, Uh, At least as as far as I know. I don't think he's been cleared, but I haven't heard anything in a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, The plan is that he will be on, you know, basically a pitch count. Um, And you just drafted a guy like Will Greer, who I assume maybe will play if he needs to. Um, I don't know who your other really quarterback options are. Mm -hmm. Um, Not because I... Don't see their names in front of me just because of the fact that I've never really even heard of these guys before. Um, so it's going to be very interesting if Cam Newton isn't ready to go out Week One and play a hundred percent. That's going to be scary, especially when you look at who's the last guy who didn't. Well, I shouldn't say that. Who's another notable guy who hurt his shoulder, mm-hmm. came back a little too early, really messed things up, and then had to miss basically a whole year. Andrew Luck, Mm -hmm. you do not want to have an Andrew Luck situation where the guy goes out there when he's not ready, kind of rushed out there, didn't take the time to heal himself. And I'm not saying that about Cam Newton. I'm just saying when I read that, he says, I feel like the rehab's going great. Mm -hmm. I feel like I got my full motion. He himself says, but getting cleared is a different process. Mm -hmm. It's just one of those things where I'm like, just because of the Andrew Luck situation, I get nervous and say, hey, take your time. No need to rush back too early because you don't want to mess this up more.
0: Yeah, and I mean, right now I'm looking at, this is an article from Pro Football Talk um, from earlier today as we're recording this on the 18th, and it basically says that Ron Rivera, um, Cam Newton's timing with receivers, a work in progress, where it goes in to say, the Panthers cleared one hurdle with QB Cam Newton as the offseason program came to an end when they had him on the field throwing passes during minicamp. Newton spent much of the offseason rehabbing after shoulder surgery and focusing on tweaks in his mechanics that are designed to avoid further mechanical issues. Um, So those throws represented a big step for Newton. There are others to take once the team gets into training camp. So kind of like what you're saying, he's out there in minicamp, throwing to receivers, working on, it's a more compact motion yeah. that he's going to have. But it's not really yet. But he's yet. not cleared. He's not yeah. cleared to play. We'll see what happens in training camp. And the thing that I wonder, and to me, I kind of see this as a, yes, that's why they did this. But I'll ask you, I feel like the Panthers knew that this could be an issue for this year. And that's why they drafted a guy like Will Greer, who we kind of talked about, where where would he go in the draft? He's Mm -hmm. an older quarterback, like him for the maturity, but he might be a little small for the position, might not have the arm style and the accuracy that you want for the position. Is that why they drafted him when they did in the, what, third round, I think they got him in? I Um, think. Could he mm -hmm. be the possible backup to Cam Newton if Cam doesn't play Well, I think
1: that's why he's there, is to be the backup. Um Yeah,
0: they got him in the third round.
1: I, I wonder about Will Greer if it's just one of those stabs of like, eh, well, let's just draft a quarterback here and see what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he'll be good and we can trade him, maybe we'll use him. Cam Newton's thirty-one right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like he's young, which is very strange to think about Cam Newton becoming a older quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um But the thing about Cam was, Cam was Cam was having probably his best or second best. year yeah i mean that 2015 year was amazing there's no getting around that Mm -hmm. but this was probably going to be one of his best games if he played two more games Mm -hmm. uh kept those interceptions low he was tied for like his second most um touchdown passes in only 14 games he was on track to have probably his second best or right around second best um passing yardage completion was the highest it had ever been you know he was being dangerous on the ground like he always is but not necessarily being reckless on the ground which is interesting because he still got hurt um so there was a lot to really love about cam newton last year and we talk about them being the third best team in their division but they were a seven and nine team last year you know, it's not like they were at an absolutely abysmal two failure win, of a team. Two wins and they're possibly in the playoffs. Exactly. The Eagles were 9 and 7. They could have been easily the team that the Bears said, "Welcome to the playoffs," <laughs> instead of the Eagles. Uh and especially because, I mean, yes, they lost are they won that game against the New Orleans Saints. Could you ever- to end, but they still they could have won. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess that's a little bit a little bit different in that case because they won one of the games without Cam, mm-hmm. um, but they had that other game against Atlanta that if they could have won that 8-8 eight and eight team, it's at least a little bit better in that case.
0: Could you imagine the storylines going into that game if it was Carolina at Chicago for the um wild card round, Ron Rivera coming back with the boys to uh come to Chicago, although the Chicago nice. coaching staff is vastly different yeah. than what it was with them?
1: And looking at it now, I don't think it would have been possible because it would have been 8-8 still, so I don't think it would have worked. But it would have been They would have
0: needed the two wins to
1: get in. Um, Yeah, exactly. And Mm -hmm. one of those wins would have had to come from a a Cam Newton game. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I like a lot of what this team has. I like what they can be. I don't think Will Greer makes much of a difference. I think it is just a little bit of that stab in the dark of – Hey, we like the things this guy's got. We'll get him. If he ever plays sometimes, mm-hmm. cool, because it is important to have a quality backup quarterback. But if we trade him one day because that's what he's worth, then that's that's fine, too. We don't mm-hmm. mind that. Um, Carolina, we joked about it in the last segment with Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is their year to be good because mm-hmm. they kind of go back and forth. Um If Cam Newton's cleared to play week one, I feel really good about the Carolina Panthers. It's just a matter of when is he going to be at 100 percent? And even if he's cleared, is he at 100 percent?
0: Well, and the biggest question to me is going to be the wide receivers for this team. Kind of like what that pro football talk because they need some. Well, it's because first off, I'm going to say DJ Moore to me this year Mm -hmm. needs to step up as, hey, I'm the number one wide receiver on this team because last year led the led the receivers with seven hundred and eighty eight yards. Um Christian McCaffrey led the team in eight hundred and sixty seven receiving yards. And I know DJ Moore, it's it kind of might feel the Panther fans like I'm putting a lot on him because well he's, he's your number be, one wide receiver. So he's got to He's gonna be entering his second year into the league. Where last year he was kind of asked to do a lot as a rookie, and I mean, when they made that pick, what, 24th in the 2018 draft, I remember us sitting here watching the draft going, whoa, that was okay. Like, I didn't expect DJ Moore to be a first-round pick um, in that draft, and now it's kind of like, all right, year two, it's kind of like what you said. Well, yeah, you know what? Wash that stuff off. You're a rookie. There's going to be no passes this year. You're expected to be the number one. You got to step up and fill those shoes because we got no yeah. one else to do it unless they expect Tory Smith to fill those mm-hmm. shoes. Chris I Hogan. I don't know exactly what it is. And those two, Smith and Hogan, mm-hmm. I think all three of them need to have a really good year because one of the losses that the Panthers don't have this year is Devin Funches. So somebody needs to take over that production, whether that's Hogan, whether that's Smith, whether yeah. it's both of them. They need more yards, and I would, I'm would i going to say they need an 1,000-yard receiver out of one of these guys in order to make the playoffs. Because they got an 1,000-yard rushing performance out of Christian last year. Almost got yeah. the double 1,000 rushing, 1,000 receiving from him last
1: year. And the fact that you know last year, in the last two years, Greg Olson's been hurt, mm-hmm. and he's such a huge part of this offense. So if they can have him be healthy you know, that's great. But if he's not, because he's, he's up there in age quite a bit, they do need guys like Hogan and, and Torrey Smith and DJ Moore to kind of step up. But the interesting thing to me when I look at this is, yes, DJ Moore is supposed to be your number one. Mm-hmm. But, like, right Hogan, Smith, to me it's just very much a collection of kind of guys who are like... Receiver
0: all, by committee almost. Yeah,
1: they they've had moments where they flashed, but they haven't had the consistency that you're really hoping for and that to me is a little bit of a concern from the team that remembers kelvin uh benjamin and everything mm-hmm. he was supposed to be and didn't turn out to be uh you know a team that's been trying to figure out the wide receiver situation since saying see a steve smith mm-hmm. um which always seems like a mistake They've still been trying to figure it out, and they still haven't been able to figure it out. And when they were their best, it's because of the running game. They've got Christian McCaffrey. They've got the running Mm -hmm. game. They've got him to be a pass catcher as well.
0: They just need a little bit more support from those wide receivers to be better. What's your confidence that Greg Olson can stay healthy? Because to me, the thing that I look at is... All right, you haven't played all 16 games since, what, 2016? In a couple of years now. You played seven games in 2017, nine games last year. It's one of those things where I kind of look at it, and I would say that if I'm Carolina, I'm going, I hope he plays every game, but this might be a pill that we got to get ready to swallow this year because it's turning into a trend, and when you get up in age... The injuries don't – like if you're injured, those injuries might start happening once they start reoccurring as you get older. I think odds are if I'm Ron Rivera, I'm kind of like, hey, I hope he plays all 16 games. But I'm preparing for Greg Olson to maybe go down this year and us having to replace him It doesn't
1: even matter if he goes down or not. I mean he's 34 years Mm -hmm. old. He doesn't have that much time left in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, And my confidence level of him staying healthy for 16 games is about 0%. Mm -hmm. Um, Because his last two years he's been hurt and, yeah. you know, pretty simple to me of a guy who's older, who his recent years, despite pretty much never being hurt, uh, his recent years, he's been hurt time and time again. It's just hard to come back for. And you sit there and you wonder, and you're like, how much more does Greg Olson have in him before we do get forced to move on? And I don't know if the Carolina Panthers are really ready to do that yet because you're never going to be ready to move on from a guy like Greg Olson. He's an amazing tight end. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you're going to have to. You're going to have to soon, especially because he was such a crucial part, such a nice safety blanket uh, for this team to take advantage of. And if he's gone, that's a big loss.
0: Yeah, and I mean I'm looking at the rest of their tight ends and there's no one that really speaks out to me to where I almost wonder – if Greg Olson goes down, do they go out and try to find a guy like somebody who got cut like from the Patriots, like Austin and Jenkins, where it's not like, oh, you're not getting the best tight end, but we're getting somebody that, hey, we can maybe play at that first tight end spot. I don't
1: know. they got a ton of tight ends on this roster right now. they got now, a shit so.
0: ton, but it's like I look at them and I go, I don't know if I'm very confident in any of those guys to kind of fill the shoes. If Greg Olson gets hurt again— what do you you mentioned Christian McCaffrey? I brought him up as well. What are your expectations for Christian, kind of this year? Last thing we'll kind of look at before we switch mm-hmm. over to the defense because I looked Christian McCaffrey last year and he had a phenomenal season, yeah. especially if you had him in fantasy where he was in a thousand yard rusher. He was less than two hundred receiving mm-hmm. yards away from a thousand receiving yards on the season. I ain't going to ask that first. Could Christian McCaffrey be a player this year that does the double thousand where it's a thousand receiving, a thousand rushing?
1: I think he could. Um, I think part of that's going to depend on who the quarterback is because you can get a guy like Will Greer in there and all of a sudden he's not going to throw to Christian McCaffrey at all. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it it really depends a little bit. And there's such a dynamic part to Cam Newton of being able to extend plays of his legs. That makes Christian McCaffrey even deadlier. Um, If anything falls, I almost feel like it's the running game part of it. I think he can be used more in the passing game, um, and I could see him coming down a little bit in the running game, especially when they draft. uh, Well, I don't think they actually drafted him. I think these might be um, undrafted free agents that they picked up, but they picked Mm -hmm. up a couple running backs uh one drafted and i think the other one's an undrafted free agent so they've got a couple extra running backs that they got so they're trying to kind of give them some help and i I think Mm -hmm. part of that might be part of what chicago thought they would have with jordan howard and Tariq cohen
0: i'm glad you brought up chicago because i'm gonna bring them right and and
1: now have kind of switched to the run dmc model instead
0: well the thing that i completely forgot about i Found out by googling Christian McCaffrey's name again was last year he mm-hmm. joined a club that only two other running backs are a part of, one of them being a former Chicago Bear. Um, it's the 100 rushing yards, 100 receptions in a single season. I won't make you guess, Mark, but the Bear is Matt Forte. Um, did it in huge part the of the Bears 2014. Game. He had 1,038 rushing yards, 102 catches. And then in 2003, I will make you guess this one. What charger do you think did it in 03? I don't know. Just tell me. LT, Ladanian Tomlinson, had 100. Expect me
1: to think back had, to 2003.
0: 1,645 rushing yards, 100 catches on the dot. McCaffrey had 1,000 1, rushing yards, 100 catches as well. So he we joined that last year. I think that's easy for him to do again. Because, like, mm-hmm. even if, let's say, worst comes to worst, Cam Newton isn't cleared, I feel like if they do throw a Will Greer in there, the offense is still going to stay similar. It's going to stay the same. Yeah, but you never gonna know try who the
1: quarterback their... wants to throw the ball to yeah, and but what they want to do.
0: I feel like there's going to be designed plays to get, a play, like, to get a playmaker like Christian McCaffrey the ball. Because if you have him on the field— you're not going to just forget about him because of what he can do. You would think, in but you will always
1: be surprised at the things that will happen when you change things up, like a quarterback.
0: What do you think we can expect from this defense this year? Another addition that I, um, for, or no, not an addition. Never mind. I misread that. Um, what do you think? I mean, Luke Keekley last year was completely healthy. Mm-hmm. Brian Burns, to me, the biggest addition. To this team through the draft, yes, they bring in Bruce Irving as well, where people are going to say, Ricky, you're crazy. He's the biggest addition to this defense. Did the Panthers do enough to bolster up a defense to support their offense in 2019?
1: Well, I think so. I mean, you've got Irving, you've got Poe, McCoy, Burns is such a solid combination. Then you remember guys like Shaq Thompson and Luke Keekley mm-hmm. You sit there and you're like, wow, this team's good to go. They always have a great defense. That's Mm -hmm. no surprise there. They're going to have another good defense. Um, You know, and and I don't want to talk like it's any surprise or anything like that. In that case, that this defense is going to be good because they're always good. Mm -hmm. They're always good. The only issues they've really had is when they've gotten banged up a little bit in the past. But they're a team that's making a point to say, our front seven is going to be really strong. We're going to get at quarterbacks. We're going to hit them. We're not going to let you get a chance mm-hmm. to really attack our little bit weaker secondary.
0: And I will say, like, this team, I do mention, I've mentioned it a couple times. It's like, wow, not many things have changed to last year. Like, this was a team after, what was it, week nine? was a 6-2 and two team. Like, yeah. if you would go back to Week 9 and go, man, is this team going to miss the playoffs? Not many people would say, yeah, they'll end up winning one more game um, after Week 9. But, like, you look at it last year, and it wasn't because, like, oh, Cam Newton was injured because he was playing those games. But, like, they go to Pittsburgh, get absolutely dominant. Like, that defense got shell-shocked in that game, that 52 to 21 game and it kind of seemed like ever since that game one point loss to Detroit three point loss to Seattle another loss to Tampa another loss against Cleveland close another loss close against New Orleans another 14 point loss to Atlanta um, before winning the last game against New Orleans to where I feel like if this team can avoid a colossus kind of losing streak like they did last year this is a team that should probably be a playoff favorite if not a wild card to upseed the saints Mm -hmm. and be the new division champion in 2019 for the south
1: well i think they'll compete for a wild card i don't know about the division just because i think still think the saints are just such a good team um but yeah division wise or wild card wise they're going to be right in there I like them more than I like Atlanta. I like them more than I like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, they've got a real shot for it, and they were really just a couple games away last year. A mm-hmm. 9-17 and could have gotten in there if they just made, you know, uh, flipped a Detroit game, flipped the Seattle Seahawks uh, or the Cleveland Browns. Some of these games that were just a one-possession game, that would have made a big difference for the team. And there was a few of these games where, You just look at it and the running game kind of got stopped and that really caused some issues uh, for the Panthers because Mm -hmm. they're a team that wants to run the ball. Um, So they have to make sure that they keep that going and I think that's why they tried to add a little bit to the running back as well.
0: And the Saints will definitely be a tough team. I just looked into it. Saints have been NFC South champs the last two years. Panthers have not won the division crown since 2015, where they had that was their third was straight year. year. 2013, 14, 15, they were 15 and one. That 15 year, that was when they went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Denver Broncos, um, which we all remember because of Cam Newton and his post game um, kind of fall from that. But this is a team like defensively, I think they'll be fine. Offensively, to me, all the questions are three things: Cam Newton, Greg Olson and then that receiving core, looking at the schedule of this team to wrap things up with the Panthers. We know what schedule they're going to look like. The AFC South, NFC West, um, their own division in the NFC South, and then two intermittent. They've got Green Bay from the um, North, and then they have, let me see, Washington from the NFC East. What are your thoughts with the D, with the calendar and the schedule for the carolina club i mean none
1: of the none of these schedules are going to be easy Mm -hmm. carolina has a little bit of an advantage i think to to some of it uh i like getting that they get to play the rams early because Mm -hmm. the rams are you you hope still going to suffer from that super bowl hangover from that big embarrassing loss Mm -hmm. and if you can capitalize on that early then go play the buccaneers and the cardinals You're rolling into a really challenging game Mm -hmm. against the Houston Texans while they'll probably still be healthy at Houston. uh, If you can ride that momentum to help you out to win that game, that's going to be huge. Uh, So it's going to be a little bit of a tough one, and especially when you look all the way down to the end, Week 17, playing the Saints, Mm -hmm. quite possibly could be a game for the division. Uh, That's going to be a huge one right there. That's one where you say, I know it says 12 p.m. right now, Mm -hmm. but you can flex it already. Almost, Uh, I expect that one. If that if the Carolina Panthers are good this year, that's going to be a huge game.
0: Remember how we are with uh, early flexes in June? Remember I flexed that Bear Viking game um, last year when we did these. I was almost right because that was supposed to be a really good game, um, but it was not flexed. It was a really good game. I think into that 7 p.m. slot. Yeah, to me, I, I. I got to focus on that end of the schedule. Like week 11 to week 17, that is the part where it's going to be really tough for this team. And I almost wanted to include week 10, but I'm not that confident in the Packers this year. But like from week 11, Green Bay. but from week 11 to week 17, two games against Hotlanta, two games against uh, New Orleans, you get Seattle, the comforting thing that it's in Carolina, not in Seattle, but you got to go two Indy that should be tough. Really, to me, the easiest game out of all these is that one almost smack dab in the middle, that Washington, because you'll probably mm-hmm. have a rookie quarterback in that one. Don't expect Alex Smith to start this year for the Washington Redskins. Or ever
1: again for the Washington Redskins. They draft a the quarterback. Again.
0: Um, it just, to me, I wonder what it's going to be like. Where, first off, I wonder what the record is going to be, because by week nine last year, week 10, let's say, This team was six and three, which was pretty good record. Is this eleven through seventeen? Is it going to be a what? A four and three? Is it going to be a three and four? Will it be a two win? A six win? Like what are we going to see within these last six games for them? Because it seems like the NFL was like, "Hey, we're going to backload your schedule and just push everything in." and give you, like you said, the Rams week one because they're still Mm -hmm. coming off that Super Bowl hangover. We'll give you the Cardinals week three. Both of your Buccaneer games before the bye. Oh, and one of them, the away game that you'd play in Tampa, that's going to be in London. Oh, we'll give you Houston and Jacksonville. Those will be probably your toughest games along with the Rams um, before the bye to where if they can take care of business the first ten weeks of the season, first nine games of the year, Then it's just, okay, let's get to work 11 through 17. the real test. And if they can win those games, this could be a playoff team coming up in 2019. But any final thoughts about the Panthers before we move on? Claw up. Well, this is where you guys come in. Panther fans, let us know what you guys think down below. Are you clawing up like the Mark Webber? What are you thinking about your team? Playoff team, not a playoff team. Tough year, not a tough year. Let us know what you guys think down below in that comment section. And let's move on. The next team we're taking a look at is the Atlanta Falcons on YouTube. Welcome in Atlanta Falcon fans into the podcast. I've already checked out the Bucs, already checked out the Panthers. And like we do for each and every preview, I'll start you off with a little bit of a snapshot at what the Falcons were like last year. Um, Offensive yards per game, they were sixth overall, 300 And 89, 89 yards per game. They were 10th in offensive points per game with 25.9, almost 26 points per game. Defensively, this was another one where this team was towards the bottom half in defense. Not great defenses in this conference overall last year. 28th in defensive yards per game. 384 yards is how many yards they were giving up last year. 25th in points per game given up. They were giving up just over 26 points per game. And when we look at the free agency for the Atlanta Falcons, not much going on. No shockwaves. Kenyon Barner signed to a one-year deal. They bring in um, Jamon Brown. They bring in Adrian Claiborne. You've got Justin Hardy coming in. Um, Grady Jarrett. This is a team... That to me was so close last year to a playoff spot, just like Carolina. They were seven and nine. They had exactly the same amount of wins, so they were the same amount of distance than Carolina. I'll ask you this, Mark: What's mm-hmm. the one thing the Falcons need to do this year to flip the script and be a playoff team, if, even if it's a wild card team in 2019?
1: So I think a big part of it is going to be the fact that they need to really get the defense to step up. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you you look at the offense, and and they were amazing just a few years ago when they had that playoff run. I mean, the best offense there was. They had a really good offense, uh, you know, especially when it comes to scoring last year. Now you get Dirk Cotter over there who, you know, despite having trouble in Tampa and despite having quarterback issues, the offense still was— a good offense mm-hmm. wasn't an amazing offense, but they knew how to score points. They knew how to how to move the ball. Uh, but when I look at it, I'm not concerned. You got Julio Jones. You got Sanu. You've got Devonta Freeman. You yep. got Matt Ryan. And
0: Devonta Freeman only played two games last year. Yeah,
1: we're feeling pretty good about your offense. Mm-hmm. I want to see this defense really step up and be a nice support for for this. Um, for the offense, has been so good. But, of course, the other thing, too, is what's going to be really nice mm-hmm. is that that offensive line can be good. Yeah. Because they desperately need to make that cohesive unit just gel, especially with two first-round picks for offensive linemen this year.
0: Yeah, and those were at 14, they got Chris Lindstrom, the offensive guard from B.C. Boston College. And then at 31, they traded back up to get Caleb McGarry, the offensive tackle from Washington. So those are two offensive tackles that you were mentioning. And to me, one of the big ones is, of course, offensive line, because, I mean, Matt Ryan was sacked 42 times last year. Yeah. You're not going to win games when your quarterback's flat on his back. That's just a proven fa- proven fact. And to me, I wonder two things about the run game. Like, Yeah, I know they bring in Kenyon Barnard probably because they lost um, Tevin Coleman. He's now with the San Francisco 49ers. And Tevin Coleman was big for this team. Devonta Freeman not there. Coleman gave him 800 yards on the ground, four touchdowns on the ground, only fumbled the ball one time. This was not a team that fumbled much. They only had four all year. Um, In the rushing department, I just, I look at this and, I expect Devonta Freeman, if fully healthy, to bounce back to where he was. I don't expect a down year no. from Devonta Freeman. My big question is who's going to be able to pick up the slack in that second role? Because the thing I always liked about the Falcons is they had that one-two punch between Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman. My question this year, what's that one-two punch going to be? Is it going to be Devonta Freeman and Ido Smith? Or will it have to be Devonta Freeman and Kenyon Barner? Or is it just going to be Devonta Freeman and, oh, shoot, we lost our backup running back and neither of the guys we have behind him can pick up that slack?
1: It's totally possible. Um, I do think that there is potential as well. Um, and, of course, this one's going to depend on what happens with, with injuries mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But for – Jeremy Langford, if they kind of actually do something with him, um I Jeremy Langford, I think got cut for a little bit due to injury um if he comes back mm-hmm. at some point, he might be able to mix things up as well uh I, and I only really say that because I'm taking a look at all the running yeah. backs that they have uh you know they've got Smith they got Barnard, they've got the couple. Mm-hmm rookies that they've got hill and freeman there's so many different guys that it's just been very interesting to see what this kind of looks like it's a very tough battle here because mm-hmm. you've got freeman locked it up barner's got it i think locked up for the kind of number two spot it's who's that third person that can kind of come in and provide some relief um it's a tough battle but i i really think with when it comes to the falcons you don't go ahead and draft a guy fifth round which isn't crazy but draft a guy mm-hmm. in the fifth round to be a running back that gets cut or that becomes your fourth running back yeah. so it's probably gonna be him mm-hmm. um so I, I think that's most likely gonna be it with barner and then devonta freeman of course to lead the way uh this is falcons offense when they had a powerful running game That Mm -hmm. was deadly. They were unstoppable. And part of that was, of course, Matt Ryan in the passing game, too. But nobody could stop that offensive attack. But it really is going to be like, yeah, great, you have nice running backs. Can you protect anybody? Can you run block? Mm -hmm. And I think they're doing everything they needed to do this offseason to really kind of try and correct the issues from last year. Um,
0: But time's going to tell. Is Dirk Cotter gonna be good or bad for this offense? Because is mm-hmm. this gonna be like we what we talked about with Tampa Bay with like Todd Bowles? Where it's gonna be, hey, as a head coach, absolutely horrible. But you know what? As an O. C. He's gonna do pretty good for the Falcons.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's done pretty well as an offensive coordinator, so and he's been with Atlanta before. Mm-hmm. Um I think that's gonna help out quite a bit. I think they'll get some success out of him. Um, you know, last year I think a lot of people had some questions about their decision uh, offense coordinator wise. So I think that this, this one makes sense to me in very much a Todd Bowles type of situation of like, all right, it didn't work out for you to be a head coach. Just go back to what you're good at, which is just a good offensive coordinator. Um, He's had some really good offenses. So I think that this will actually work out pretty well for him.
0: And the thing that I'm pulling up right now is basically, so, Dan Quinn has been there what this will be his fifth year as the head coach of the Falcons. The offensive coordinator each year. So 2015, it was Kyle Shanahan. 2016, it was still Kyle Shanahan. Twenty seventeen they moved to the Steve Sarkeesian um offense. And last year they still had Steve, Steve oh, he was Sarkeesian. Oh,
1: I guess I didn't realize that he started in two thousand seventeen. Mm. So I guess he was there for a couple of years. Yeah, I was thinking it was just last year, but so I guess he that makes is sense. now the
0: third offen- Dirk Cotter is now yeah. the third offensive coordinator in the Dan Quinn era, and for me, eventually. I wonder if this team is ever going to get it right. Where, I mean, Well, they had Kyle, it right
1: well, when they went to the Super Bowl. And
0: that was Kyle Shanahan. The yeah. thing with that was Kyle Shanahan was a little bit too good yeah. um, and enticed a team like the Niners to say, hey, we want well, you to be our head coach. Really or, the
1: issue was you were supposed to win the Super Bowl that yeah. year, and you didn't.
0: Steve, Steve Sarkeesian was more of like a, hey, you know what? You were the head coach of the Trojans, had a terrible— Um, basically disease, kind of take him over, and that's why he lost that job, got a second chance with Alabama, wooed the Falcons enough to say, hey, we're going to give you a shot here, and after two seasons it just didn't work. I wonder if Dirk Cotter can be closer to that, like, closer to that Kyle Shanahan, but the thing about him that's different than Kyle Shanahan, we already know what he's like as a head coach. So to me, even if he's really good with Matt Ryan— the Falcons won't need to worry about a team trying to come in and woo him. At least not for a little bit, because you know, well, not after year one. Basically, because it's like Ugh, we just know how yeah. that Buccaneer thing ended, and we don't want that but for our team. It can happen. You know, you can still mm-hmm. get a couple good
1: years, three good years, when, and someone when says teams are desperate. We'll give desperate. you a chance. Mm-hmm. We'll give you a chance. You know, maybe maybe it was all Jameis' fault. Yeah, you know, is what he might be mm-hmm. kind of selling in an interview.
0: And when it comes to Matt Ryan, like, this is a guy where, I mean, he's pretty much the only thing on this team Mm -hmm. that, like, you're not going to question. The only thing I throw out there is— I think you're not going to
1: question Julio.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, with Julio, it was pay the man and give him the contract that he um, desires. One thing I'm going to ask is, so Matt Ryan had one of his best years last year, especially yards— Um, in a season, his best since 2016, his last year with Kyle Shanahan. He had almost 5,000 yards in a season. Can he replicate the same thing in year one of Dirk Cotter? Or is it going to be what we've kind of saw in 2017 of like, well, you know what? It wasn't a bad year. It just wasn't as good as the year before because – Matt Ryan's getting used to this new coordinator for the third time in six years. And, I mean, with with
1: Shanahan, it's not like it just clicked immediately. Mm -hmm. It took a little bit to get that gelling as well. I expect this to be a little bit of the same thing. It seems like with Matt Ryan, he takes a little bit, and it's not surprising. A lot of quarterbacks Mm -hmm. do this, but he takes a little bit. Uh, to kind of figure out the offense, learn, gel. And it's not like he takes a little bit and throws for 2,000 yards. He still throws for 4,000 mm-hmm. yards. Uh, but maybe the touchdowns Dope. go down a little bit. Mm. You know, maybe it's not moving as quite nicely. Maybe the completion percentage goes down a little bit or the uh, amount of first downs, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. It takes a little bit to really figure it out and kind of gel. Um, so I... Not saying that the Atlanta Falcons are going to be bad this year. I just Mm -hmm. think that this offense is not going to be as strong as you hope and expect.
0: And that's why the thing I'm looking at it where I expect the offense to take a step back. That's even with Devonta Freeman coming Mm -hmm. back from his injury. Um, But then I look at the defense. I know you mentioned it. This defense is not their strongest point to where I almost feel like this Falcon team, if I had to predict right now whether they would be in the playoffs or not in the playoffs i would kind of lean more towards missing the playoffs this year because i think how i'm leaning towards right now not to spoil anything because we still got the saints coming up but i would predict the saints to win the division again their third in a row the panthers move up then to be that second team falcons fall to be the third team and then the bucks are kind of in the cellar still at number 4. I think this could be a another year for the Falcons where it's like 7 and 9, 8 and 8, maybe 9 and 7 at the most where it's like mm-hmm. you're not a bad team. You're, you're just, just not good just enough bit. to make the playoffs. Like am are you similar thinking? Do you think they'll take a bigger step back cuz this is a team that was maybe one or two losses away from being a 6-5 win team yeah. instead of that 7 win.
1: And I think it's interesting, too, because Dan Quinn was kind of brought in to be this defensive mastermind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's the defensive coordinator as well here. Um, but the defense is really not what the strength of this team is. The strength They've the kind of gotten worse over yeah. the years. So I think it's interesting, and I'm not saying Dan Quinn fire him right now. Uh, you knew where my mind was going, I was going to ask. I just think it's interesting that his strong suit mm-hmm. is where the team is kind of... Not good.
0: I will ask this then, because yeah. you said don't fire them. Let's say they don't make the playoffs. Let's yep. say I'll I'll go on the positive side. They go eight and eight, so one win better good than for last them. year, mm-hmm. but they missed the playoffs. Are we starting then the twenty twenty previews with is Dan Quinn on the hot seat? Probably.
1: We probably will be. This mm-hmm. isn't a year for it, but if the year doesn't go great, not necessarily has to go great, but if it's not a you know kind of above five hundred year. Mm-hmm. I think we are going to be asking some questions.
0: Because, I mean, the thing you got to look at, too, and this is when it comes to when they've made the playoffs. In his four years, they've made the playoffs 50% of the time. And each team they've lost to has gone on to win the Super Bowl, where the first one was obviously the Patriots in the Super Bowl. So obviously the Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl, but then they lost to the Eagles in 2017, Mm -hmm. and the Eagles went on to beat the Patriots that year.
1: Nobody could stop
0: Nick Foles. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, especially that Philly special, am I right? Looking at the schedule for Atlanta, I know it's the third time we've gone through similar opponents, NFC South, AFC South, NFC West, and then they've got... The Vikings to open up at, at Minnesota. Minnesota. That's a tough one. And then their other one is, where's that NFC East? Oh, Game 2. Eagles. They play at home against the Eagles. So what is your thought about the schedule with Eagles and Vikings being the only different teams compared to the other ones?
1: Yeah, I think it's tough because you've got you got to start in Minnesota. That's going to be a rough way to start. Then you're going to play the Eagles, which were a playoff team mm-hmm. last year. Carson Wentz is going to be healthy right now, we hope. Then you go to Indianapolis, you could be an 0-3 team to start this year. And, of Control. course, then the Titans are a little bit easier. But it's going to be kind of difficult. You do not have an easy stretch mm-hmm. anywhere. Your schedule is difficult the entire time. The only thing you might have going for you is Week 17 going to Tampa Bay. If Tampa Bay is not very good mm-hmm. and you are competing for a wild card spot, that might be a benefit to you. Of being able to have a little bit of an easier game, but just before that, you're playing the Jaguars, which mm-hmm. should be a better team this year at uh, San Francisco. Before that, if Jimmy Garoppolo is the real deal, it's it's there's nothing easy, and there's no breaks in this schedule.
0: Yeah, out of all the schedules we've looked at so far, I would say this is the toughest right now of an NFC South team because of exactly what you said. There's no breaks. Like mm-hmm. I even tried to be like, well, you know. Fifteenth or 17, I was like, "Yeah, but Ricky, the Jaguars it could be a really good team um, this year." To where I would say the only saving graces, if any, for them, is that the game where they go to New Orleans, mm-hmm. they're coming off of a bye, yeah. so it's like you don't get Seattle, you don't get Seattle on the road, you don't get LA on the road, so you don't have to travel cross country for those two. You get those two at home. Then you get your bye week, okay, let's kind of rest up before that next week where you have to go to New Orleans to play the Saints. But then right after that, you got to go to Carolina. So it's like you get on the yeah. road against the Saints, another tough divisional game on the road. And then not, you, get, and then you yeah. get the Bucks, which we're expecting to be an easy game, but we don't know what's going to happen and any given yeah. Sunday.
1: That's not even mentioning the fact that in that case, you uh-huh. have five division games yeah. in a row. Pretty, Saints, yeah. Panthers, Bucks, Saints, Panthers. Mm-hmm. That's that's a season killer for mm-hmm. you right there. Division games are tough. Yeah. They are very tough. And when you start back to back road games, that can kill your momentum. You just played Seattle. Well, I mean I guess you like you said, you do have to buy. But you played Seattle and you played the Rams before that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's difficult. This is a challenging schedule,
0: and I mean the last game against the Bucks last year, they only won by two, um, but they did beat the Bucs both times last year. Carolina they also beat twice last year. It was the Saints that had the Falcons number in that first matchup against the Saints in Atlanta. Was that overtime game that went forty three to thirty seven? Yeah, I just that's another reason why what I was saying earlier of like Mm -hmm. if I don't expect the Falcons, I know I asked it earlier, Hey, what do they need to do to flip the script and be a playoff team? Yeah. I don't think they do it this year. I think there's going to be too much hiccups between Devonta Freeman coming back with new offensive coordinator. This offense usually takes a dip when they do have a new OC coming in. And this schedule, I just think is too tough. Like, Yes, I know it's the same games minus the first two um, compared to every other opponent in the South.
1: Yeah, but it where, matters when you play them and where.
0: Where they're placed is a huge killer for this team. But I will say coming out of that, if they, let's say, go, I'll say what out of the, how many games is that? Five? If they go like three and two out of that, at least your next three, you get the box, which I know division is tough, but like you get the 49ers who could be easier in your only real tough game, could be that Jacksonville game. But Atlanta fans, let us know what you guys think down below. I know you guys usually have more of that fan take because, like I tell Mark, this is the time of the year where everyone's got hope. Everyone can win the Super Bowl. Even That's the Cleveland right. Browns this year can win the Super Bowl with all the moves that they made. But let us know what you guys think down below. Are you making the playoffs, missing the playoffs? What do you expect in year one of Dirk Cotter as the OC let us know down below in that comment section. And, Mark, let's close out the podcast because it's the end of the podcast. I will do what I did at the beginning of the podcast. Make sure to check out patreon.com backslash most podcast. That is how you help support NVP. help us get new equipment, help us. The big one for this year is helping us get a new studio so we're not in this 10 by 12 room um, that we're in. We thank Pete. Um, for letting us use it, but we want more space to do better videos and do more different ideas for you guys. So patreon.com backslash Podcast is where you can support us. And Mark, let's end the podcast going on into the New Orleans Saints. Mm -hmm. Their breakdown goes like this. So last year they were eighth in yards per game offensively, 379 yards per game, points per game. They were third, scoring 31 And a half points per game. (coughs) Defensively, they were just above middle of the pack. 14th in yards per game, giving up 349 yards. 14th in points per game, giving up just over 22 points per game. Free agency for this team. I'm going to have to scroll down because this article that I look at refreshed itself on me. Oh, that was nice of them. This is one where they, they bring back Teddy Bridgewater... Um, after visiting with Miami, Bridgewater decided to sign a one-year deal decided with the Decided he didn't Saints. want to be in Miami. Um, they bring in Malcolm Brown on a three-year deal. Jared Cook signed a two-year deal. Mario Edwards um, signed a contract. Um, they re-signed Will Lutz to a five-year deal. Latavius Murray signed a four-year deal, filling that hole of Mark Ingram. And they bring in PJ, or re-signed PJ Williams, to a one-year deal. Year deal, I will ask you this to start because for me, mm-hmm. it's about a 75% of where I'm sitting with this. Yeah, what's your percentage that the Saints repeat as NFC South divisional champs and make it three in a row yeah. in 2019?
1: I'm feeling really good about it. Um, I do think there's potential they could take a little bit of a step back,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, you know, because I don't think Latavius Murray is going to be Mark Ingram, uh, but.
0: But he's got Alvin a backup Kamara. two to Alvin Kamara. Yeah,
1: Alvin Kamara did a pretty good job when uh, when Ingram wasn't there, so maybe he can again. But with that being said, I think that I'm going to give it like 60, a little mm-hmm. less than you, but it's about 60% chance that they do it again. Um, I do think that this could be a year where the Carolina Panthers bounce back really strongly and make their run at it. Um especially when you've got it set up so nicely for Week 17 to be that winner-gets-the-division type Mm -hmm. of a game. Uh, But I do think there's a really great chance that the New Orleans Saints— find their way in the division again. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about schedule later, but there are definitely some things that concern me in that
0: case. Well, and this is the one to me where it's like usually with the lower teams, it's like, oh, what do they have to do here? Mm -hmm. With this one, it's pretty much just stay in the course. And like you brought up Latavius Murray where he's not going to be Mark Ingram. I think that was a huge signing for the New Orleans Saints because I liked what Latavius Murray did for my Minnesota Vikings last year when Dalvin Cook— Mm -hmm. was injured, and if he's basically coming to New Orleans with the same role that it was expected for him to be last year, whether he liked that role last year, whether he didn't. I'm assuming it didn't phase him if he's going to go to the New Orleans Saints and have that same role, but it was supposed to be Dalvin Cook is our number one. He'll Mm -hmm. get most of the reps, kind of be more of a receiving kind of speed back and you're going to be our more traditional running back, yeah. three down um, behind Drew Brees, kind of a runner. And I feel like Mark Ingram was good, but Latavius Murray's also younger than Mark Ingram, which is better in terms of running backs. When you get that guy who's mm-hmm. younger, I mean, but I also
1: don't know that that he's going to be expected to have as much workload as which i mark don't think ingram. is a
0: bad thing no i don't think it that's comes a bad down thing either it comes down to efficiency where he might not be leaned on as much as mark ingram but what will latavius murray be able to do in the times they do lean on him because they are going to use both him and camara in this offense
1: yeah and and camara i think kind of can take over i think i expect him to become a little bit more of a true number one mm. running back uh, it's just gonna be interesting if that really and is as
0: successful, and I'm dead wrong. um I'll ask you this, Mark, do mm-hmm. you think Mark Ingram is older than latavius Murray? Well no, because not really. I was thinking of both Isn't Mark in Ingram my only been in the year for been in the league for about five years so Mark Ingram got drafted in twenty eleven okay so a, a little, little bit longer year than I thought. in the league actually, yeah, that's a lot longer than I thought. Latavius Murray got drafted in twenty thirteen they're both twenty nine I mean, I feel like Mark Ingram. I've been saying his name for like ever. Yeah. Um, that I was like, oh, he's probably like thirty three. No, he's I actually 29. thought he was. Yeah, I actually like, thought he damn. was even younger than that. I'm also almost the same height as Mark Ingram. He's got about two inches on me. Um, but that aside, mm-hmm. this team, like the thing that's hard about this preview, there's not much to say. Like, I mean, offensively, that's what happens when
1: it's a really good team?
0: I mean, offensively, like running back. I mean, I'll ask this with tight mm-hmm. end because. They give up Jimmy Graham. They haven't really had that kind of – is Jarrett Cook going to have a big year because he has Drew Brees?
1: He could, but Drew Brees is the guy who spreads the ball around mm-hmm. where you know it's not like you're going to have just an absolutely amazing year. And Drew Brees isn't the 5,000-yard passing monster mm-hmm. that he used to be. He's a guy who hands the ball off nowadays. Uh, he's been kind of, I don't want to say tamed, mm-hmm. but he's in a little bit of a different offense than he was used to before. Mm-hmm. So I don't think Jared Cook has to be an absolute dominant force like Jimmy Graham used to be. He can be just a above-average pass-catching tight end, mm-hmm. and he's going to fit this offense really well, but he's going to maybe disappoint some fantasy owners.
0: I mean, I even look at this defense, too. and just Oh, it's great. Up, like, I... I totally forgot this team had Malcolm Brown on it. So now their line is potentially Cameron Jordan, not Jordan Cameron, Cameron Jordan, Sheldon Rankins, Malcolm Brown, Marcus Davenport. Good effing luck. Yeah. Good effing luck with that.
1: The only thing that's a little bit weaker is probably the defensive backs. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, they did draft back-to-back safeties I mean, uh, this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, the safeties aren't amazing to me, but, I mean, they trade for Eli Apple. Which
1: is not exciting. Give,
0: give or take what you think there. But, I mean, Marshawn Lattimore's not bad. Yeah, I'm not saying
1: they're bad. Mm-hmm. It's just that's the weak spot.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. And, like I said, not bad. It's just that a team's going to have a weak spot, and we found it in this <laughs> case.
0: <laughs> I mean, the thing I'll ask is this, which— mm-hmm. When it comes to the Saints, I think this is more of the kind of discussion point that we can hit. Because this is a team, you look at them the last two years. Yeah. Getting to the playoffs, not the problem. Where two years ago, Minnesota Miracle, they were the road team in the divisional round. It's not a miracle when you're the Saints. Lost to the—well, it's Mm. a miracle for me. Yeah. Because Saint fans, I know this is going to be like salt in the wound, but I don't care. I was sitting there in front of my TV, mm-hmm. completely crushed. Yeah. Great game is over. Everybody's talking to shit for. to Ricky in oh, the group chat. The, the group, the group chat was just salt in my wounds. Yeah, where I, Like during those games, I hate every single one of you. It's
1: amazing. I hate it's you. So I hate beautiful. Dave.
0: I don't remember Sean saying much. But oh, he Sean probably was, was trash. I hate all of. No, it was Brandon who was being nice. Mm-hmm. Brandon was <laughs> the only one that gets a pass. Yeah. For the rest of you assholes. Don't get it's anything beautiful. Where basically, I remember that play happened. I don't even remember seeing Stephon Diggs mm-hmm. run into the end zone because as soon as he turned to run, I was running down my basement in joy, yeah. running up and down the basement, screaming because I was so happy that the Vikings were going to win that game. And uh-huh. yeah,
1: it's it was shocking. It was absolutely shocking. So.
0: Point is they also, lose that one. Can
1: I also say? Go ahead. Because it, why not at this point? But we got demolished uh, in the next game. Well, there's also that. That was fun too. Uh, but can we stop just referring to things as, as miracle? miracles? Because like that's not a miracle. That was a young player making a dumb mistake. I mean, it's not a miracle. A helmet I mean,
0: catch is a miracle. Like that – and that's not even called a miracle. That's I, the catch. I mean to have a player do that I think is a – To player. have
1: a player make a dumb mistake yes. is not a miracle. A miracle yes, would be like a the ball tipped off of a finger <laughs> and he just barely caught it. That's a miracle.
0: Let us have this, Mark. The, it's been two years. The
1: miracle is the Hail Mary that, you know – Just magically falls into the right guy's hands. We call it a
0: miracle because we were expected to lose. (laughs) That's why. But my point being, Mm -hmm. they then, hey, we're just going to be the second best team in the league. Oh, wait. They go up against the best team in the NFC. And yes, it was an overtime. Yes, they got screwed out of that game yeah, they again. Did. They really like, did. That's the one where it's like, mm. if I have a, like, the Minnesota miracle pill, if I'm a Saints fan, I could swallow because it's, hey, you know what? Like, it's it's our players' it's fault. It's a
1: dumb mistake, it was a good but it ca- happened. It was a
0: good catch by Diggs because Diggs still could have dropped the catch. He still had to stay in bounds, which was really impressive. But for the for the Rams-Saints game, it was basically a zebra screwed. screwing yeah. you out of the game. Or even Roby was like, hey, man, I thought I got away with pass interference. But he go, thought. And the, he did. And then Roby right after, we go into the Super Bowl. <laughs> right? um, yeah, there's,
1: no, there's nobody, I think, out there. Whether you think that Saints mm-hmm. fans overreacted or not, I don't think there's a single person out there who actually no, is going to say it was not pass interference. Oh, no, they got
0: robbed. Yeah. Like, absolutely robbed. Here's the question I ask, Mm two-parter. Number one, the serious question of if we go and based on levels, Mm -hmm. is this team going to be a Super Bowl team this year? And here's my A-hole question to that. Yeah, Will they lose in the Super Bowl because they lose? In a ridiculous— First it was the wild card, or first it was the division. Then it was the conference championship. Now they'll lose in the Super Bowl.
1: And now it's got to up the ante. Like, it's got to be— that Drew Brees just explodes on the they field. They lose to the Browns, right? No, see that's not a, that's not a big thing like it needs the ball being, needs to get snapped to Drew Brees and it the, hits him in the face and he gets a concussion. I don't
0: know, being the team to give the Browns a Super Bowl win would be pretty embarrassing to me. See,
1: I feel like mo- when the Browns win their Super Bowl eventually, people are going to be like It's okay. The Browns had it coming. Like they deserved it. (laughs) It's like when the Indians lost to the to the Cubs. It's okay. The Cubs have been losers for a hundred plus years. They deserve it. You'll be good another day. Don't worry about it. It's okay. Yeah, that's a little much. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that they've been my Super Bowl favorite for the past two years. The odds are they will probably be my Super Bowl favorite from the NFC again Mm -hmm. this year. Um, Because I still think they're the best team in the NFC. They still are the best team in the Mm. NFC. Um, Yes, the Rams compete with it. uh, But I think Super Bowl hangover matters. Mm. It more often does than doesn't. Um, So I think that the New Orleans Saints do, once again, have a really good shot of getting there. There are things that I sit there and say, well, how are the defensive backs going to do? How's Alvin Kamara going to do with most likely an increased workload? You know, And he did fine before, Um, but there are just little things here and there, but there's such minor things Mm -hmm. when you compare it to other teams uh, that you truly do expect the Saints to just kind of run away again. Mm -hmm. Maybe not be a 13-3 and team, but I definitely think they're going to be right in the conversation again.
0: Yeah, and I know one—I forgot to throw this out at the beginning, but one of our patrons, Jake, who's a huge Saints fan, Mm -hmm. he was so upset. Um, when they got screwed, and he's always talking about how the Minnesota Miracle, me and him, are able to go back and forth in the Discord, which you guys can do for as low as a dollar, um, mm-hmm. talk along with us. But like, yeah, this is a team. Like, even looking at last year, they they were thirteen and three, and if you look at their losses, a three point loss to Dallas, which could have went the other way, fourteen and two. Yep, and a loss to Tampa. Because Ryan Fitzpatrick blew the doors off and beat them forty-eight to forty in a shootout. Yeah, they were They a win both shocked. those. Those could have been a fifteen to one, where that Ram game could have been a vastly different game. Oh no, it was. They the were the Panthers. better They they were the better record. I forgot that that game was in New Orleans, so it wouldn't have mattered. Mm-hmm. Um, but like they could have been a fifteen and one team instead of thirteen and three. I know that doesn't really matter in the and playoffs. really
1: week seventeen. Mm-hmm. Bridgewater was your quarterback. That game's yeah. a wash
0: anyways. Mm-hmm. So like this team to me, yes, they, like losing Mark Ingram is the biggest loss mm-hmm. for this team, but I think Latavius Murray is going to be a good enough substitute to where you don't skip a beat. Mm-hmm. Even this. if production
1: goes mm-hmm. down, you're hoping that it's not down by much.
0: So, are we under the in, the I'll say what, the impression that on top of the schedule, that can they overcome the NFC South, AFC South, the AFC, uh, NFC West, and then the North Division, they get the Bears. They're at Chicago Week 17. And from the NFC East, I got to find them, they're playing the Dallas Cowboys at home Week 4. Can this Saints team overcome what we have said is a— pretty difficult schedule for the south in the nfc
1: i think they can the hard thing is you know you got the texans at rams at seattle cowboys who you lost to last year although this time Mm -hmm. it is a home game for you that's a tough four game start but i've already said multiple times super bowl hangover for for rams um they and it's early, so the Texans should be healthy, but you mm. never know when those injuries are going to hit. The Saints can get started and go strong. If they get those through those first four games doing pretty well, then the Buccaneers, they have to go to Jaguar, they have to go to Chicago. It's another one of those, they don't really get any breaks. Mm-hmm. There's a small little one where it's like Cardinals, Falcons, Bucks.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a little bit of a break, um, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be a difficult one for sure.
0: I just – the thing that I wouldn't like if I was a Saints fan, not saying that they can't overcome it, Mm -hmm. but that I wouldn't like, and it comes before the bye, L.A., Seattle, Jacksonville, Mm -hmm. Chicago, all the way. All the way from New Orleans where it's like, yeah, I know what you're saying, the Rams and Super Bowl hangover, but I don't think they're going to be a terrible team. They can probably still win the NFC West. And make the playoffs and maybe I don't know be a the Saints that's a
1: big revenge game for the Saints.
0: but I'm saying like with it being in LA, that I think that'll be a closer game than what mm-hmm. uh viewers may think we're implying, but like having having those four games be on the road, I think is already trying to put the Saints against the eight ball to say is to say hey we're gonna try to stack the load against you in a way, so that it's, hey, you were a game away from the Super Bowl, you're a really good team, you're going to have to earn it, which I think they will, this team I think is going to stay healthy, they'll play really well, they'll probably be 1-2, their, their ceiling is 1, their floor is 3 like, that's how I see it in the NFC, where they're either 1-2 and two. A bad a bad season for them is that they are the third best team in the NFC South, but I mean that Chicago game, too, I also look at that and kind of circle it mm-hmm. because there are a lot of people that think now that the Bears made the playoffs last year, won the division, there's a lot more fans, obviously. They're like, oh, we're going to come and we're going to be really good this year, which, like, you guys should. It's not like you guys had a fluke. You guys have a really good team. But I just I feel like how good are the Bears going to be? Are the Bears going to be a team that inserts itself into that first round by debate or race and could the saints be the team the saints not the rams the saints be the team that gets bumped out into third and has to play uh has to play wild card weekend as the home team
1: yeah and it could be potentially especially you know and and i don't know if it'll be competing for the division or just a wild card spot and maybe the the Saints can play spoiler to the Panthers and knock them out, uh, much like the Bears did to the Vikings last year. I don't know if it'll be that week 17 or what, but it's definitely set up for something, and it should be something. But I don't expect this team to be 13-3 and three again. I wouldn't be surprised if they were like a 10-6, and 11-5 team, which is still a really good record. Mm-hmm. Uh, still easily playoffs and still could easily be the division winner here but they might have to work a little bit harder mm-hmm. to get into the playoffs this year.
0: Well, and the last thing that we will do here is I'll give mine first. If I'm mm-hmm. going to give my early prediction of how I feel the division's yeah. going to play out, Saints are going to be number 1, Panthers are going to be number 2, Falcons are going to be 3, and the Buccaneers will be a top 5 team in the draft and be last place in the south.
1: Yeah, my standings aren't any different. It's Saints Panthers. I do think Panthers will probably compete mm-hmm. at least for a division spot, but the Saints are going to take it. Uh then the Falcons which will be a few games back mm-hmm. and then yeah, the the Bucks are going to be quite a few back.
0: Well, and this is where you guys come in. Let's know what you guys think down below in the comment section. I know in Discord, um I'm going to hear or we're going to hear um what Jake has to say, Jake, our patron that is a huge Saints fan, if you want to join us in the Discord, patreon.com, backslash Podcast, at bronze level tier, for as low as a dollar you get to join the Discord and talk with Jake, John, Retro's in there, Pat's jumping in, you got myself, Sean, Mark, Brandon, Johnny, we're all accessible in there, um, so go check that out, patreon.com, backslash mostvaledpodcast. Podcast. want to thank Mark for doing the podcast with me as always. Follow him on Twitter at the Wit Mark Weber. I'm at Ricky Widmer. Most Valuable Podcast is at most valuable pod. I want to thank you guys for watching on YouTube. Thank you guys for listening on podcast services around the world. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.